G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, there are many organisations that are actively lobbying over the developing issues that can potentially harm the freedoms of every Australian. One of those with a long history is the Australian Family Association. It's a non-party political vehicle concerned with the strengthening and support of the family. Naturally, the Australian Family Association have been concerned over the rise of the transgender agenda. And there are calls, not only within the Australian Family Association, but other groups too, who are wanting a full inquiry into gender transitioning, because the sorts of narrative that's being promoted just doesn't fit with the biological facts. Terry Kelleher is the new National President of the Australian Family Association. Terry's back with us. Hi, Terry. Welcome back to 2020. Oh, pleased to be with you, Neil. Terry, calls for an inquiry into gender transitioning. I mentioned in the introduction a lot of false narrative, things that are very unscientific being said that fit more with an ideological bent than they do with science and reality. What are you calling on government to do so far as the idea of gender transitioning? Well, um, our concern is in particular the, the transitioning of children and young people. And the first Um, concern is the experimental nature of this treatment. Now, in the uh, context of the proposal to ban conversion therapy in Queensland, the Queensland branch of the Australian Medical Association opposed the proposed ban and it supported a leading psychiatrist, Philip Morris, who questioned the capacity of a young person under 18 to make decisions about life-altering hormonal treatment or surgery which is now shown to not be without harm. So that is the concern. And we have a proposal here in Victoria. We don't have a bill yet, but a similar proposal to ban what they call conversion therapy. Now, when you think about it, you realise that that would mean that if you have a child, a young person, who is presenting, saying, I I think I'm a boy when biologically this child is a girl, you can't explore and go into all of the issues involved in this Um, this um, situation with the child, you know, why the child might be feeling that he or he um, is a girl or she is a boy. And this would rule it out because it would be considered, can you see where I'm going? It would be considered conversion therapy or conversion practice, and that would be wrong. Now, the experimental nature of um, of the treatment has been called into question by Um, two groups of um, professionals, medical professionals, psychiatrists, psychologists, medical doctors, paediatricians, paediatric endocrinologists, and they have called on the health minister, um, Greg Hunt, to set up a parliamentary inquiry, a wide-ranging parliamentary inquiry into the whole issue of children transitioning. So the first part and the first aspect of it that is concerning is um, the experimental nature of it, in the um, face of the known risks 
with medical treatment. Now, the medical treatment is, uh, your listeners uh, may know or may not, but the first step is puberty blockers, and that is to um, stop the onset and development of puberty. This is supposed to be to give the child time to work out whether he is a girl or a boy, whereas what it does is actually um, mitigate against that. It means that while he's stuck in no man's land and doesn't mature in a way that confirms his sexual nature, his sexuality as male or female, because that's what the process of puberty is. So they cut that off. Then secondly, through puberty, they then go on to, if they wish to, continue, and a very high proportion, most children who go on to puberty blockers then go on to cross-sex hormones, you know, because you're you on a conveyor belt here. So then you get cross-sex hormones, and there are known risks. <clears throat> the main ones are effects on growth and bone development, um, also, the, um, they are not fully reversible and certainly the, fa- the fact that they are not fully reversible, depending on how long, of course, you know, the young person is on them, is not properly, um, must be properly told to young people and children and the concern is that it's not, you know, the, the seriousness of it is not um, made clear to them. And then there's effects on brain development um, and effects on fertility uh, people who medically transition will require a permanent regime of sex hormone suppressants to maintain the appearance of the opposite sex. And after a period of time, this renders them infertile with no guarantee it can be reversed. And then, of course, the next stage is gender reassignment surgery, if a person would go on to that. I'm not saying that they would, but, of course, you understand that that renders the person permanently infertile. Terry... Now, the other risk... One, Terry, when we talk about these things, of course, there is a major set of consequences. And as you say, these are the known effects. Uh, There's still obviously a lot of unknown, and that revolves around how that's going to change our culture ultimately. Because if all of this goes through unchallenged, if the laws change and uh, children in some sense here are enabled without even their parental consent to go through this whole gender identity change, the ultimate spin-off from all of that is that men who identify then as women, and of course it can be the opposite way too, but men identifying as women will put all girls and women in some sense at risk. Uh, And uh, that might be, uh, for some, a challenging thing, but what sort of risks are there uh, if this whole thing goes through? Well, I think when you're talking about this, I'd make a distinction there. I think that um, a person, say a boy or a man who wants to transition or does transition to being a girl or a female or a woman, they don't necessarily threaten females and uh, women and girls, but it allows for people of ill intent because the... Here I'm talking about the risks of going ahead with actual medical treatment. But the problem is that the gender identity, the definition of gender identity, say in the Sex Discrimination Act and in most of the state acts, is um, simply by identifying whether with or without medical or surgical treatment. So what you have is the male who with ill intent says, well, I'm a female, I identify as such doesn't necessarily have to even have hormonal treatment, much less um, surgery, and then demands to be, for example, um, housed in a women's prison. And it happened with horrific results. 
the, I don't think they are true, real transsexual persons, to be quite honest. Let's um, talk about... I feel for par- those who are actually, um, Neil, they're actually confused. And I think it's a very, very sad life and a very dangerous one because further down the track, if they have surgery, about 10 years out from surgery, the suicide rate for those people skyrockets. It's about 20% higher than for the in the normal population. But it, it, it allows, can you see that it allows people, um, it would allow men who want to say that they identify as women and they, they will have access to women's safe and intimate spaces. Now, let's talk parental rights here for a few moments because this is the other thing that's being swept aside with this idea yeah. of gender transitioning uh, because uh, it's what children are going to be taught at school and uh, potentially uh, weapons used against the family uh, when children come up with some sort of countercultural approach uh, to what the school is wanting to teach or what the school is forced to teach. Uh, parents' rights, hugely at risk here. Yes, yes, that, that is certainly the case, and that is something we've um, we have had. Uh, you have interviewed me on the Religious Discrimination Act. That is another um, recommendation we make: that parents' rights to opt their children out of such classes that conflict with their beliefs should be able to do so, and that they should have full information about what's being taught to their children. We think that that is um, also a matter that should come under belief and protection of belief under the Religious Religious, um, Discrimination Act. The other aspect of it, though, of course, is, and this is more for teenagers, of course, more than small children, younger children, because once you get this concept of the mature minor, now I see this as very difficult um, and a very... I think that the Gillick case, which was which set down the principle of the mature minor, where you know the teenager, yes, the young person, we all know that, they're maturing into young adulthood you know, and then into adulthood, from young adulthood. And that is a difficult time. But who's going to make the decisions and who knows the child best to know what decisions a child, you know, you know that your child can make at the age of 12, 15, 17? Because, you know, children mature at different ages and they have very different temperaments. You know, you get the ones who really want to push the envelope and I had one of those, all right? Well, you... You need authority to be able to protect your child, and that's what's being undermined. Um, You know, we know of of horrific cases. We know of at least two where a child has actually been removed from the parents' custody, out of the parents' homes, by transgender activists. So it's not necessarily the transgender person, you understand? These are transgender activists who may or may not be transgender themselves, and so the child is in contact with this organisation, which is a transgender, you know, support organisation. They say, I think they're just activists, and says, oh, you know, if mum and dad, mum or dad won't support my transitioning. Um, and they have come to the house, it's actually happened, and they've come to pick up the child and take them to, you know, other alternate accommodation. I mean, how would you feel if this is your 15 or 16-year-old child? Um, the transgender activist rang the police. So the police came. They speak directly to the child, you feel unsafe, because this is about you know not feeling safe because the parents are not supporting the transitioning. Yep. And she says no. So the police took her away. 
Terry, of course, when you're talking about an inquiry into gender transitioning, you might hope that all of these issues will come out. And as you're illustrating, there is substantial evidence uh, to the sorts of things that you're talking about that ought to be considered by the government before making any sort of change to uh, issues like uh, religious discrimination and the way they're dealing with issues to do with transgender Uh, But uh, I imagine getting an inquiry up would be a challenge in itself because not every side of politics will agree. Um, No, that that is correct. Um, But one has to work towards it. Um, Now, Senator Amanda Stoker has taken a stand um, very bravely, and you could go to her website um, or just Google Amanda Stoker, and she wants people to indicate whether they support her in standing up to this agenda. And I think that, you know, there would be hope there to raise the issue of um, having an inquiry established. So I think that there is hope for it. Uh, But, yes, we don't underestimate the, the difficulty of doing so. Well, Terry, there may be those listeners who can be in touch with their local federal politicians and uh, be on the same bandwagon calling for an inquiry into gender transitioning. And no doubt there'll be information too for listeners when they visit your website for the Australian Family Association. Uh, Terry Kelleher is the new national president of the Australian Family Association. The website is family.org.au. That's family.org.au. Terry Kelleher, thanks for updating us again today on 2020. Thank you for having me, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.